0: Welcome back to Maximoff Overdrive, the podcast where Kelly Gamont, Don Melton, and me, Lisa Schmeiser, all discuss WandaVision while keeping the fourth wall firmly in place because we're scared of strangers. We are discussing (laughs) the seventh episode of WandaVision today. And like I said, I'm here with Kelly Gamont. Hey, glad to be here once again. And Don Melton.
1: Howdy, howdy.
0: Did you have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with Agnes, anybody?
1: I know better. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what we're gonna do is podcast as usual we start off where i asked don and kelly if they want to recap the episode that we watched um they laugh and tell me to do it <laughs> after we do that we'll do a round robin of things we loved and or noticed we'll do another round robin where we break out the marvel um institutional lore and or knowledge and then we'll hit kelly's corner um slash home for unloved crack job theories (laughs) and uh, unanswered questions. After that, we'll do our wish list for the last two episodes of the season and uh, spend a moment thinking about uh, whether or not the perspective of this show is going to shift and why it just might do that. This episode felt pretty pivotal. Let's get started. So first up, um, I have to enact the ritual like we do every time. Uh, <laughs> Kelly or Don, would either one of you be interested in recapping what happened in the episode of WandaVision we just watched? Absolutely
2: not. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> oh no. Um,
0: just conscientious objection or is it just really fun to have someone you can say no to every week? No, it's really just um,
2: <laughs> you're so much better at it than Don or I would be. So, we are happy. I think I speak for Don here. We are happy to pass this duty on to you because you're awesome at it. And neither of us are. And we know we're incapable. And we are very comfortable with our limitations.
1: Exactly. And I will add that I'm extremely lazy. So, there is that. (laughs) That helps
0: that helps too i guess all right also flattery is really nice um <laughs> so with that all right let me try and pull together in my head this thing that i totally knew was coming <laughs> and should have prepared, prepared for. all right so let's make this recap the really short and sweet version the one that you would put out in a tweet or in a hilariously misleading tv guide uh, description is <laughs> as, as follows this episode gives us a superhero origin story it gives us a second supervillain reveal so now one. Wanda has two supervillains with whom she's contending, and there's a tonal shift that I think is pretty noteworthy, because WandaVision goes from being framed around family sitcoms to the workplace and family of choice sitcom. Um, I'm logging that up front. I think it means something, and we'll talk about that after we get done with the recap. So, breaking down the individual parts here, um, let's do the superhero origin story time, because that's actually a, a pretty straightforward one. On the outside of the hex, Monica pulls some strings. There's a sword loyalist who comes with like the biggest space exploration vehicle I think anyone has ever seen. I am now super curious about swords funding. Um, perhaps that will go in the unanswered questions pile. But long story short, Monica's plan is to drive this big, 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 have I mentioned big vehicle in through the hex so she can somehow talk to Wanda. Um... The thing was built to her specs. We did not get Han- Hank McCoy as the Beast, which was like one internet rumor going around. With, oh, special guest star. You'll be so surprised who she knows. Um, we did not get Reed Richards, which was another internet rumor. Instead, we got somebody who just likes Monica's mom. And honestly, that's enough. Anyway, Monica hops in the vehicle. She prepares to drive through the hex. The hex isn't having it. <laughs> and after it literally spits out the vehicle after turning half of it into a truck, um What happens is Monica's like, you know what, I'm just going to run through this barrier that spit out a truck because I think things are going to work out. And sure enough, they actually do, because as she goes through the hex, um, she kind of processes her grief like she leans hard into it. And you hear the... um, Tracks from Captain Marvel where Maria Rambo talks about her fears about leaving her daughter to go to space and Monica reassuring her, oh, I can fly up and meet you halfway. And Samuel L. Jackson's like, Hey, you can't go to space until you get all green and glowy like uh, Captain Marvel. Again, also from the movie. And then Captain Marvel's voice pops up and she's like, well, you know, your mom's super lucky because when they were handing out kids, she got the toughest one out there. Um, Monica somehow manages to resolve all of the, the grief and the sorrow and the anger that she feels at her sudden to her bereavement. When she comes out, she's also got the ability to track any form of energy ever. And her eyes are glowing blue. So we've witnessed a superhero origin story. Um,
1: Welcome, Photon. Pos-
0: or Pulsar or Spectrum, depending on which comics plotline is going to work best for branding purposes in future movies. <laughs> um what I feel is pretty notable about this development is we have possibly seen one of the only superheroes in the MCU who fully attains her superhero powers by becoming emotionally aware and literate. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Meanwhile, inside the hex, uh, the one division show that we get is a set of credits that mixes up the font style of hangout comedy happy endings with the documentary style office mu- music. Uh, Again, these are two aesthetic influences that have nothing to do with family sitcoms. Um, Although there's allegedly some modern family in the DNA of the show a lot with her talking. There's allegedly, but this whole episode is all about Wanda sloughing off her family to have a feelings hangover. Because she tells the boys that Uncle P isn't really their uncle. She shrugs that Vision doesn't really want to be there, so she can't make him be there. And when Agnes comes by, she's like, please, yes, take the kids. Thank you. Um, What's left? is wanda and a house that keeps falling down and reconfiguring itself around her and then a cameraman who's like "Eh, ever think maybe you deserve all this (laughs) so not disturbing and weird and depressive and awful and uh indicating that you know wanda's battling grief the first real super baddie at all right (laughs) (laughs) on the other end of the hex vision wakes up in the middle of a literal circus um I will admit that uh, your recapper, yours truly, was a little bit disappointed. We weren't getting, like, the carnival treatment for this, which would have been wild and dark and interesting and given us an excellent opportunity to have Clancy Brown. But we'll move past that, because what we get instead is Vision teaming up with Darcy. This is honestly something that, like, you know there are fanfic writers at AO3 who are like, I wrote a bot that was supposed to generate random pairings and it never even came up with this. But... It works for narrative purposes. <laughs> that was delicious. Oh my goodness. Okay, <sighs> but it works for narrative purposes because once, um, once he thup, zaps her, like you can't see me. I just put my fingers to my temples, like you can see me doing the vision thing here. Uh, he he zaps her I back can hear into. It. Your- he loops her back into reality and um, they steal a funnel cake truck which is a good move on several fronts because you can take your snacks with you Um, as they drive back to town and deal with an increasingly baroque series of obstacles that are preventing them from reaching the center of the town Darcy basically recaps the MCU for Vision who is like excuse me what happened My, (laughs) my girlfriend had to kill me and then a bad guy revived me and she watched me get killed again and this happened two weeks ago from her perspective and and what the what now and so after we realize that that Darcy's a better recapper than well most of us and uh she and Vision has correctly identified the emotional stakes he leaves her to deal with a series of escalating um escalating obstacles and just sort of disapparates through the roof and flies off in search (laughs) of his lady love because he's like if the woman I love is in trouble Clearly, I have to do something about this. Um, and indeed, the woman he loves is in a lot of trouble because uh, first, Wanda has a confrontation with Monica, not meant to be a confrontation. Monica's just like, "Look, I'm telling you, Hayward is bad news. In addition to being a misogynist piece of piece of turkey, he's also really into making your dead boyfriend's body into a sentient weapon." M- Wanda doesn't want to hear it. Um, she's about to zap Monica. Fortunately, Monica can, can zap back or like actually absorb the zapping because, you know, hello, she's now a photon. Um, and Monica gets off the best lines in the episode when she's like, don't let him make you the villain. And you know what? It's okay. You've had a huge loss. You're really hurt. I'm grieving. I've lost the person closest to me. This pain, I can't control it. It's my truth. And just as Wanda's about to waver, Agnes darts in and she's like, we've had enough out of you. And she pulls Wanda, and like the minute Agnes is hoovered back into view, Wanda's perspective changes and she's really hostile towards Monica. And um, like that moment of reproachment is shattered. And then we get into the truly interesting back, I would say third, back quarter of the episode, mm-hmm. where... Wanda comes into Agnes's fantastic Anthropology Meets Tim Burton-style house, notices (laughs) that despite there being like two semi-eaten sandwiches on a table and Yo Gabba Gabba playing on the TV, the children are nowhere to be found in a suspiciously quiet house. She goes into a basement that looks like a nightmare and (laughs) discovers like a grimoire that is emanating orange sparky things. And then Agnes comes down and we get our second big superhero villain reveal because Agnes is Agatha Harkness, the immortal witch. Ah! It turns out she's been the puppet master manipulating Wanda all along. The episode ends with her like zapping purple magic spirals at Wanda's brain. And then we get a truly excellent set of TV credits that reveal that Agatha has been insinuating herself into every episode to advance the plot for her own nefarious witchy purposes. And the credits end like the best witch cackle ever. <laughs> so that's the episode itself. We watch the credits every week. Like, oh, what could this mean? What did the butterflies mean? We've got that reference. And then there's a mid credits scene first time at last marvel returning to its dna (laughs) monica monica found the door to agatha's cellar and she opens the doors the stairs are encrusted with vines the vines are glowing purple the same signature purple as agatha's magic and she looks up from the stairwell there's a purple light reflected in her eyes and then uncle p appears and says snooper's gonna snoop and we get a cutout again so is Monica now under control of freaky purple magic? Is photon just seeing the light energy for what it is? what is Uncle P's deal? Is he like a sentry that gets turned into cicadas from time to time? We just don't know. We're totally looking forward to next episode and we'd love the reveals for this one.
2: Yes. There. All of that. Okay. Nice job. Bravo.
0: Oh my god. Bravo. That was very, very good. Um This is why I do cardio, guys. By the way, I'll point
1: out Somebody on t- Interwebs pointed out that the sets exterior sets they're using that the set for uh Agatha Harkness's house is exactly the set for is it- uh the house in Bewitched.
0: Is it Bewitched? Okay. Very nice. That was my my first question. Because what I noticed was that all the flowers in front of her house were purple. Yep. And then I went back to check the flowers in front of Wanda's house, which were red and pink, mm-hmm. which are a reflection of Wanda's OG costume too. So I was like, uh, oh, yes. those purple flowers
1: may have a uh, comic reference that we can discuss later on.
2: I <laughs> feel like we're going to get pretty comic heavy in this episode. So Don, I hope you're up for it. Um, yes, yes. Because there's a, to of, the there's a bunch of talk
1: about the Darkhold.
2: There's a bunch of why and what for, and you know who's that what's their deal kinds of things um small stuff that i noticed in this episode was is that the bewitched house yes it is um and then uh there's a missing kid on the side of the milk carton when the milk starts getting twitchy on the counter yeah Yeah. Uh, it turns into a milk carton which has a missing kid on it um Mm -hmm. we later get missing kids because we don't know where they are um And I also noticed that...
0: Oh, did you notice that they had in the WNDA, they talk about how it was nice to see those kids just once a year?
2: Oh, I did not hear that. If you turn on the closed captioning,
0: because you can't really hear the radio that simply. um, I did include this in the recap because recaps are actually supposed to be fairly like, this is what happened, but not necessarily yeah so okay. if you drill down like a level it's welcome to as as Wanda's shuffling into the kitchen and, and doing her, uh, her okay. sad breakfast yeah um we listen to WNDA and the announcer says and it's not like you have anything that's weighing heavily on your conscience this morning
2: I did um, hear that yeah and then
0: says it's so nice to see these kids once a year these little goblins and now you just have the question of what to do with all that candy and um I was like, wow, they, they they really are just bringing the subtext into text for the state yeah. of Wanda's brain, aren't they? Yeah.
2: And um, I noticed the yeah. perspective shift when Wanda goes down the stairs, it turns mm-hmm. widescreen instead of being yeah. TV size, I guess, mm-hmm. which is the best way I can think of it. Um, it was giving me a strong upside down vibe. While we're talking about shows that are current that throw back to a previous era. Um, That's a nice wave. I had a hard Stranger Things moment right there. Um And I have questions for later, but I, this episode was really jammed. Like, I feel like we got so much stuff. I actually felt like I got my episodes worth before we got 15 minutes of credits.
0: (laughs) Okay. So two quick things before we get started on round two, which is the stuff we love, the stuff we notice, the stuff we really want to talk about. One, um, we do have a department of corrections, uh, Item to air out. And <laughs> that is that, as a matter of fact, Doctor Strange does not go train in Nanda Parbat. Nanda Parbat belongs to the DC universe. And Doctor Strange does not hang out with Oliver Queen, despite the fact it would benefit them both tremendously. <laughs> instead, Doctor Strange went to the secret compound of Kamartage. Yeah. So, again, not Nanda Parbat. It is actually instead the compound Kamartage, which is a. um Something that Stanley and Steve Ditko came up to, yeah, yeah.
1: Right. I actually mentioned that the last we episode. got there we, eventually, we, we but recorded. we started with yeah. with Nanda yeah. Parbat. <laughs>
0: Yeah, one of our one of our listeners, and by the way, we love our listeners, and we, we love do. that you guys are listening. Yes, oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> They're listening. That's that's it's this is this is a mutually beneficial relationship. They they they. Oh, you know, absolutely. Play. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. But we love our listeners, and one of them was kind enough to reach out on Twitter and go, "No, Nanda Parbat <laughs> belongs to the DC universe," and I was like, like <gasps> "Oh, you're right. You're right. Oh, the Salmon Letter on Arrow. I remember it now."
2: Yes, very kindly pointing out just how far from the reservation we actually were. In By the way, game. not yeah.
1: that not that anyone cares, but Nanda Parbat, I believe, started or was first mentioned uh, not in uh, Green Arrow, but uh, with Dead Man. Oh no. So there.
0: Okay. No, I, all right. I appreciate that. My my frame of reference, to be honest, is the CW shows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, and I, I, I am, I'm also a, am slash was a green arrow reader, but mostly I just remember Nanda Parbat being a thing that comes up in the CW shows whenever they need to show somebody being, you know, very carb avoidant and Kung Fu heavy. So, <laughs> um, okay. And the second thing I wanted to mention is that this week's commercial was for Nexium, the antidepressant Jeez that works Louise. to anchor you back to your reality or the reality of your choice. Um, I transcribed the side effects and side effects include feeling your feelings, (laughs) confronting your truth, seizing your destiny and possibly more depression. You should not take this unless the doctor has cleared you to move on with your life.
2: I feel like there's like, I I feel like that's about as plain as can be, but it still doesn't. I'm not quite there yet. You know what I mean? Like with the ad. Um,
1: Can I bring up the comics reference here to Nexus?
0: All right, let's, oh, all right, all right, guys, you know what we're just going to do? We're just going to reshuffle things. Don's going to drop some comics knowledge Let's on go us, comic
1: knowledge
2: now.
0: And then we'll talk about the episode. So, Don, bring it forth. Talk not, talk Nexus.
1: Um, well, there's two let's big things Nexus. that are mentioned in this episode, and we can get the comic stuff out of the way. One is uh, the Nexus and Nexus beings, or at least they're implied, and the other is the Darkhold. And they're kind of, like, intertwined here. And this... Really, I think both of these things are going to um, uh, flow right into the Multiverse of Madness, the Doctor Strange uh, movie. But the Nexus is, uh, it's basically an explanation for um, magic and the multiverse and what really powers um, Wanda's uh, hex uh, ability uh, and the Darkhold is the, uh, the Necronomicon like book that we see in Agatha's basement that's actually been in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on TV and somebody told me it's actually also been on The Runaways which is another Marvel uh, semi-MCU um, TV show which I have never seen uh, uh, but it's also mentioned in there. And the um, uh, the Darkhold was written, you know, ages ago. It was written so long ago by uh, Cathan, not C'Thun. C'Thun, <laughs> that's the way they spell it in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> uh, C'thun, uh, C'Thun, And it's so <laughs> old that Conan and Red Sonia are involved with uh wow. in their adventures in the uh, in the Marvel universe. So it's of like <laughs> it's it's old uh magic. Uh so the Nexus is the sort of new explanation of of where Wander's uh powers come from and Nexus beings are well beings like Tommy and Billy.
2: That was my next question was um and part of that was because um i couldn't quite they're they're like on the edge of my memory which is sort of vague of of some of the old marvel stuff and they always wear the same colors so i just presumed that was like a a wink and a nod to whatever like their actual air quote actual outfits actually might be so i was wondering about that
0: yeah is it agatha is. their babysitter
1: yeah it's like their Halloween costumes. Last episode were too obviously, mm-hmm.
0: yeah.
2: Because I think Billy is usually wearing like red and blue, and then Tommy's in in green and something else. So I was wondering. Yeah,
1: it's 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 totally that, and it's like Wanda's outfits too are
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, harken ha 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 pun intended harken <laughs> back to uh, the colors used uh, for various outfits in the comics.
2: Okay, interesting. Okay, so um so who are they then in the comics like who do they who who do they turn into
0: one of them is like wizard or or <coughs> something like that
1: yeah it'll come to me yeah it'll come okay. to me and as soon as we sign <laughs> off so uh but the names of the characters aren't uh aren't uh that important. In fact they're called Billy and Tommy as often as they are their character names.
0: So. Oh, so um Agatha Harkness, can you give us what can you tell us about her and where she ties into the MCU and on the classic nine types of moral alignment, where does she usually <laughs> fall?
1: Oh, uh well she uh we talked about this I think episode before last or was the last episode? I forget it's all a blur. I was drinking. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember. She first appeared back in the Fantastic Four, but she's worked her way into lots of different stories. And sometimes she's like uh, a bad girl. Sometimes she's a a good girl. Sometimes she's like uh, chaotic neutral, Uh, you know, if if you look on the thing. And something that I forgot to mention the last time we talked about Agatha, she's also... Uh, Wanda's mentor in the comics and sometimes friend but she sometimes uses Wanda for her own purposes but I forgot all about her son Nicholas Scratch
0: <laughs> Senor Scratchy oh my uh-huh. goodness oh.
1: so I I could have smacked myself because I forgot all about it. somebody mentioned it to me kids uh, you online. just can't so control like,
0: them no matter how hard you try yeah exactly Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, um, look, love- so, so that's, so those are the big ones. You mentioned Photon, which is Monica Rambo's uh, one of her super iterations in the mm-hmm. comics. Um, and, um, we mentioned that Billy and Tommy are, in fact, uh, creatures of the Nexus. We've, we've talked about the Nexus is, we've talked about Agatha. And, um, is there anything else that we need to do to tie this back into the comics-verse? Or, are we ready to maybe start taking a look at how this ties? Like the only real MCU tie there is this week is if you're interested in um, plumbing a little bit of Monica's backstory as like a child in Captain Marvel back in the Mm (laughs) nineties. And otherwise Darcy has basically given you everything you need to know. Yeah. Yeah. Which is that, um, and what I really, and what I liked about that was, is that uh, vision was like, well, I realize for lots of people, it's been five long years. But for people who just got deep-lipped, it's only been a few weeks. Yeah. And um, I really appreciate... I'm not sure... You're never going to get like a Marvel show where everybody cries and has feelings all the time. Of course. But, But I like the idea that we'll continue to see this kind of reverberate through the movies and through future TV projects where there are some people who are like, well, the last five years of my life have been like this. And everybody else is like... I have been here for three weeks, and in the last five years, somehow, the Jacksonville Jaguars got good for a minute. And, <laughs> like, you guys did Lime Bike. Like, that was a thing that was supposed to happen. And <laughs> we are now getting Chick-fil-A's west of the Mississippi, and I don't
1: understand how any of that happened. <laughs> so, Oh, I remember Billy and Tommy's names. Yes. Oh, tell. do tell. It's, it's so simple. Speed and Wiccan. God.
0: <laughs> Wiccan. Oh, my God. Wiccan. Lesson okay. Yeah, something okay. straight um, out of
1: Buffy, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Seriously.
2: Uh, so, yeah, the, like, a lot of this was was interesting, and I like, but I did like particularly that Darcy, because we can call her by her first name now, Everybody's Buds, mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. I really appreciated that she went back to the beginning. And so when we cut to uh, Vision getting up to speed, what we get is him going, so I'm based on an AI named Jarvis, which takes Mm -hmm. us all the way back to the first Iron Man movie, which I thought was kind of a nice, Mm -hmm. you know, as, as, as much as anything is in the MCU, right? It's a historical reference. And... I appreciated you know that we started there so we get you know all of who vision is you know and that was a very compact concise summary of what is basically his whole life
0: he's like so i was built by a genocidal robot and i'm based i'm based on an ai and i did what now and tars is like well yeah (laughs) and um I think one of the subtler parts of WandaVision, um, one of the things that has been a little bit more low-key compared to the other big mysteries, is we tend to forget that Vision has no idea who he is or why he is where he is or what his sense of purpose is. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's been one of the engines of conflict is him realizing that nobody's willing to answer these questions. Right. And, like... This episode really um, crystallizes that he's a guy who, as this universe, be- as this nexus, not nexus, as this hex becomes, <laughs> you know, more compl- more complicated and um, more un- simultaneously more complicated and more unstable, he's the one who's like, okay, I had better figure this out. But you see that at his core, he's like a deeply loving deeply mm. earnest, deeply idealistic individual who just wants to make people happy.
2: Yeah, earnest was the word that I that that struck me when he sits there because like his takeaway is, you know, wait, this is my life. This is what happened. This is how it all went down. And like his takeaway from that is when Darcy looks him right in the eyes and says, but the thing that you need to know is that Wanda loves you, and I've been watching this, and your love is absolutely real, and like I feel like he had he sort of gets the takeaway in that, which is sort which is nice, um. But like that's the part that he particularly seems to take with him. Like, okay, I know all this other stuff now, but this is the piece that I need to know because this is what m- that's the little nugget that motivates him to um phase through the top of the truck of the funnel cake truck and forsake his snacks in the name of going and saving his lady love. That's how you know it's important.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I feel like that's his anchor is he's like, okay, that part was real. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew what I felt and what I have with this person is real and this person's in a lot of pain and I need to go help her. Yeah. And um, like I find that part, part of the story to just be incredibly touching. Me too. And it, it adds a lot of context because to be honest, in the films, that relationship feels a little shoehorned in. Mm-hmm. Like, like they're like, okay, we have to put something in there because we always have some sort of, like, weak tea romantic tension in every movie. But nothing that's <laughs> going to make people run screaming for the doors. And you're like, Wanda Envision? Really? She could have dated a Windows 95 server. Ugh. But, um, like, it's fleshed out more it makes more sense in the TV show because we see him and he's the guy who wants to be a good neighbor. And he's the guy who wants to make his wife happy by trying to blend in. And even as he realizes there's like a lot of weird stuff going on in their little bubble world, like wanting to be a person who is helpful and wanting to be a partner who is fully present never goes away. Mm -hmm. Like his identity seems far less mutable. Whereas like Wanda's um, character has has sort of uh, been a little bit more mutable over the course of every episode because she goes from being this really blithe, cheery Donna Reed type in the first episode to what she is now, Mm -hmm. you know, um,
1: really grieving, but uh, you know, vision's personality is consistent with the personality he had as Jarvis.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: It's the same helpful, earnest personality he had when he was uh, speaking in Tony Stark's ear.
0: Or when he was like or or even the real Jarvis upon upon whom he was based. Um yeah. I watched Agent Carter and like that Jarvis character was fantastic. He was like, he was one of the beating hearts of the show. And he really I, was. I
2: enjoyed him very much.
0: Yeah, and, and one of the things I have to say for, for Marvel is I really do like that one of the persistent through lines in their narratives, while a lot of attention gets paid to the Quippy Smart alecky back and forth <laughs> types yeah there's almost all al- well, there's almost always somebody who's just an avatar for uncomplicated decency mm-hmm. and and i like that they're centering that in this kind of story and you know vision is not some sort of you know oh if he weren't saying bull notes to me he'd be dispensing snarky one-liners on twitter like it's not like that and i appreciate that um that said let's Move away from the Marvel backstory and let's talk about the stuff that we liked or um, found noteworthy or went, oh my gosh, when we saw the episode. (laughs) Um, I have to be honest with you all, when we got the Agatha Harkness reveal, suddenly that Yo Magic commercial from last week made so much more sense (laughs) because it is evident that the shark was Agnes slash Agatha. And she's feeding on Wanda's magic somehow, while letting Wanda use just a little bit of it at a time in an illusion to keep herself going. Yeah, I, I'm not a crackpot.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure we know yet exactly how this whole formula works, and there's got to be a third, a third big bad, I think, mm-hmm. that we haven't seen. And like certainly, tied to the grimoire? and certainly, Paul Bettany has indicated there's a character that we haven't seen yet. Yes. Uh, in the interviews, um, somebody who's he's always wanted to work with. So we'll, we can Kelly can go into overdrive on this one later <laughs> on uh, the it was yeah. Agatha all along. I just delighted in that music, which, by the way, that's so Catherine good. Hahn singing. Is it? I no, wondered.
2: Really? Yeah. That's
1: awesome. Isn't she such a terrible person? She's just funny as heck. And she can also sing.
0: Oh, my gosh. How did you find out it was her singing that? That's so great.
1: So good. You know, it, there's background singers that start, but she's the one who does the chorus, uh, uh, sings it mm-hmm. in there. It's so it also, was Agatha
0: all along that part. Totally yeah, her. It's
1: also her voice that talks back to Wanda, but it was pitched lowered uh, to sound like a man's because somebody online, you know, because Interwebs <laughs> took the audio and, pitch corrected it and yep it's katherine Hahn's voice
0: wow so seeing her in the director's chair during that credit sequence makes more sense oh my mm-hmm. gosh
1: it
2: actually it actually was her i'm i feel like knowing what we know about her now i'm just more confused about pietro who we didn't officially see in this episode mm uh so because we didn't get into the credits so but uh we did see a minute
0: where we saw her magic swirling towards his back though
2: in the in her credits in her
0: in her in her it was agatha all along which i would consider part of part of the show
2: Mm -hmm. okay yeah but that was the only part of it we saw and i wasn't that didn't feel like part of the show it felt like just part of her opening credits so Mm. to me it didn't feel like it counted it was like here's a time when she did the thing here's a time when she did the thing um the thing that i did i won't say i enjoyed it but the thing that i that stood out to me the most in the credits was uh at the end when she goes oh and i killed sparky because i think i made a joke about that when we were talking about it in the first place like Mm -hmm. what if she was responsible for him you know, not surviving, and so I, I, I was like, "Oh, I was right about a thing," so I was very excited, um, <laughs> uh, because that's the one, right? I, I get one, yeah. and it's that. Um, but I, I also loved her credits, uh, very much. The monsters, and it, it mm-hmm. made me very happy. Uh, but yeah, it makes me wonder now even more about Pietro because even if Wanda has figured it out, like we haven't seen anything play out on TV about it you know, in quotes. So I don't know uh, what, what the rest of the story is there. Because it turns out Wanda knew he was wrong, knew he wasn't right either. She said that wasn't your, that's not your uncle. But yeah,
0: well, she, she said that. And then she snapped the thing about how well, if your dad doesn't want to be here, he's not going to be. And I think that was Wanda's unfiltered uh, consciousness, uh, just laying out flat truths instead of playing <laughs> along with instead of playing along with the script or trying right. to give herself over to the script because this whole episode is basically her not playing along yeah with what the story is supposed to be but at the same time like i thought it was
1: her script there's a theory online that uh pietro is actually uh mr scratchy
0: okay that would make sense i could see that so she switches her so she switches her rabbit back and forth to be Pietro.
1: Yeah. I'm not yeah. sure i buy that, though, because... This is from somebody who's read too fast, many Discworld. I'm this not is sure somebody I buy that. who's read
0: too many Discworld novels, where they turn Grievo the cat into a man every once in a while whenever the witches need <laughs> something done.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure i buy that because Agatha's down in the basement talking to Wanda, stroking uh, the rabbit, I thought. And yeah. that's when... Um, Pietro leans behind uh, Monica and says, "Snooper's got a snoop." Snoopers
0: going to snoop. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so uh, I'm not sure I buy that theory, but I am starting to think that the rabbit is her son. Yeah. Oh, that's
0: my that's my daughter's theory is is because uh, when Wanda sits down, she sees the not very much eaten. Not very much eaten uh, s- sandwiches in the Yogabba Gabba, which is honestly like five years too young for those kids. Yeah, that and, was my question. Um, <laughs> no, Yo Gabba, Gabba is really fun if um, you're like in an altered state of consciousness because you're like, oh, the puppets are dancing. Or um, you're very small because oh, sure. then you're like, oh, the puppets are dancing. Yeah, yeah. so you gotta be
1: five uh, or stoned.
0: Yes. Or or tripping balls. Yeah, yeah one uh-huh. of those. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and so she was like, did she's like did ag because this is before we knew it agatha was agatha she's like did agnes turn the boys into that bug and that rabbit and i was like i don't know and that's a pretty solid theory oh. um the i only wondered reason- if it was ralph ralph is ralph is the cicada like oh that's no i thought ralph thing- was the
2: bunny like mm. that would explain like now that we know that she's a witch that would explain the rabbit and why we never see him
1: yeah very so- possibly
0: or, or is or is Ralph the delivery guy? Because you'll notice that the delivery guy, who was the mailman, has always shown up at these pivotal manipulative moments, too. And um, he has a rabbit so, on his
1: cap now. Yeah. Oh, oh,
0: presto. So it's possible that either he's like her power source or he's somehow working in tandem with her in a way that we mm. don't know. But those two are definitely related. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And Don, I will say that I was like, Oh, Don will be so happy when there's the scene outside between Monica and Wanda. And we see that Dottie is tending to her roses. Yes, we saw her. And that's totally deliberate. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I actually saw her on the first viewing subliminally, but I had to go back and rewind it on the second or third time I watched and was like, yep, she's definitely there. Why doesn't she get any dialogue? Uh, So, um, Something's going on with that. But going back to the cicada, uh, did you get a Silence of the Lambs, uh, (laughs) you know, Jodie Foster as Clarice, seeing the cicada, giving it away that, you know, Buffalo Bill was...
2: (laughs) I totally got a Silence of the Lambs vibe there. Yeah. I didn't realize that's what it was at first because it took me a second to go like, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. Wait, why? What? Oh, right. Silence of the Lambs. It took a second, but I got there. Yeah. Yeah. Very no, creepy.
0: Because um, I, again, if we're going by, this is what I've read online. Like, you can read a lot of garbage online.
1: <laughs> hey, no, but what if- Hit us with it. Hit us with it. <laughs>
0: Someone was like, well, it's obvious that that Satan lives in that house because there's the Lord of the Flies and the bug on the draperies. And I'm like, it's a cicada, not a fly. Yeah. Um. You know, I'd, I'm not aware of the Lord of the Cicadas in, in your, your demonology. Although, watch, someone will tweet now, actually, there's a <laughs> demon for every genera of insect out there. It was very detailed. Um. But I feel like the cicada, which only surfaces once every 17 years, has some sort of weird symbolic thing. Like because this show is so good at putting down clues and reinforcing its messages. And when you go back and then you catch up and you go back and and, and look back and forth, back and forth, you're like, oh, it was right there in plain sight. Um, Well, like the ram's
1: skull in the basement. Mm -hmm. Right. That's kind of satanic right there very obvious yeah, yeah
0: yeah yeah i mean they're pretty I'm, I'm not sure i'm not sure like west elm is ever gonna sell them but <laughs> but you know like one one of the things i was noticing because when Agnes comes in and does her like best friend and and talks to the camera thing that she had going on. She's wearing like this, this kicky dark purple shirt and a sweater over it. And then when she comes down to introduce herself, she's got the brooch on again. Yep. And so I was like, is the brooch like when she's being her witchy worst? And, you know, I went back and started taking a look at all of the ways that she's inserted herself into something with Wanda and how, you know, the ones that are the, the, the most disruptive to the plot and move things forward. Yep, got the brooch.
2: <laughs> Interesting. I didn't think yeah. about that. I did I noticed she had it on when she yeah. came downstairs. But I didn't... didn't have
0: it on earlier. Yeah. So so there was so there was that. Um I also think of, of
2: uh mm-hmm. I think that uh there are two I have a competition right now for the line from the episode. Um because it for me as far as like winning the show, uh it's Monica talking about having lost someone and how that pain is her truth, uh, because it gave me a very Westworld moment where um when when Arnold is talking to Dolores and she says, Everyone I've ever cared about is gone and basically says like it's breaking her heart. And Arnold says, uh, I can take that away for you from you. And she says, No the pain is the pain and the losing of them is all I have left of them. And so like Monica doing that um, gave me very much a moment. And then also uh, my other favorite line from the episode was when Agnes said she showed up in the nick of time because Wanda was a split end away from cutting her own bangs. And that struck me as just deeply hilarious as a woman who has other female friends who have had to resort to this sort of thing in the past. Like I think everyone's gone through a cut their own bangs moment. Maybe couple. And so it just it was so 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 funny to me. It just I I had to pause and laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh and then I had to watch it again and laugh some more and then keep going.
0: Now, I think that's actually something you should probably start working into college orientations. <laughs> is is like someone on your hall freshman year will cut their bangs like after breaking up with the boyfriend or girlfriend and like you can try to intervene but this is how four people on the hall end up cutting their bangs then like in solidarity so just you know don't do it. Le- put, no, leave put leave the scissors to the leave the scissors to the pros. Breathe
2: so. breathe deeply. You'll be okay. Yeah. There's no need to to resort yeah. to scissors. Yeah. yeah. Um It, so, it so, did yeah, strike won- me as very funny though, and I loved both of yeah. those moments.
0: Well it's it's really interesting how um what what I thought was interesting about those those office style talks to the cameras. And I'm going to go with office over modern family, because again, so much of this episode seemed to shift the emphasis from the nuclear family dynamic to like the family of choice or the colleague relationship, because the talking hits you got were not from the kids and they weren't from Pietro. Uh, You had Wanda, who's trying to wanda who has basically a feelings hangover and it's just like oh god what is going on because she's deeply confused and depressed and having some sort of emotional thing and you have vision and you have darcy in character in the show and um but you don't see a talking head from darcy after she's been dooped. and yeah. then you have the two from agnes which are playing up the character that she's playing And again, it's all like The Office, where it's supposed to be meta-commentary on the story itself, as opposed to telling the story. Yes. And what I'm super curious about is if we're going to see any sort of TV show from here on out, or if, like, we've broken out of the fourth wall, that was, like, the Mm -hmm. title, and now it's metaphorical for... Well, now that we've broken out of that format, now that Wanda has been pushed out of that format, we're going to be dealing with a whole new frame of reality. If it is
1: a new show, it's going to have to be a new show format from the last five years because we kind of yeah. caught up.
2: <laughs> yes. Um, let's look at unanswered questions because that's, okay. I think that's one. Um, the first one I had uh, when I realized it, uh, when they were sitting in the truck, um, I realized that Vision still has the stone in his head. Which was very odd to me. Um.
0: So he has the stone in his head because Wanda's magic and her reality warping want to see him that way. I think that's that's okay. my, my take. Um, yeah, because the minute cause the minute he leaves the hex, he begins to disintegrate. And what that would imply is, um, once he's outside the field of Wanda's magic, he's not going to be an animate entity anymore. Like the okay. mind stone's yeah. not there to make him him. Okay, that would make sense. Um, that said, we're now dealing with, like, all sorts of weird magic stuff, and having mm-hmm. looked at tra- – and, like, one of the things I did this week is I went back and looked at trailers number one and number two to see how much footage in the trailers we've already seen yeah. and how wildly out of context it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, no, like, these, these trailers are great because they're such – compelling visual images and they're telling what you think is a story and then mm-hmm. when you consider how that that footage actually gets used you're like oh my god this when is you watch now yeah
2: they've turned it inside out
0: yeah but um one of the 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 only p pe- the only pieces of footage we haven't seen so far in an episode include a scene where wanda and vision wanda and vision are having a conversation she's still wearing like her depression outfit only without the robe and she says well this is this is our home and he says well let's fight for it and they rise together there's Mm -hmm. another shot of them standing in front of a picture window holding hands and staring at what appears to be a tv screen and then there's a shot of her being bathed by bright yellow light from the vision from from the Okay, so we got we got all that to look forward to. I think your question is going to be answered somehow. Fingers crossed. Just not sure <laughs> if, not sure when and how. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah. What are
0: your other an- unanswered questions, Kelly? Uh,
2: my other one was: um, Have we met a scroll yet? <laughs>
1: uh, I, I think we I, have. I think am sure met we have. We just don't know episode. it.
2: Okay. Who, do you, who, who so? do you think it was? Like, I feel like unanswered questions just sort of happens in the living room of my house. For Crackpot theories, so
1: I can't remember the character's name in the show. It's it's eluding me right now, but it's the one who delivers the vehicle to Monica. Oh, with I the loyalties—that's her childhood scroll friend. <gasps>
2: okay, the the we're not just loyal to your mom. I think is what yeah. she said. Because that was my one of my other unanswered questions was like, th- there's more to that. Like the moment with the radio, there's more to this this sort of tossed off line, but I can't quite figure out what it is. Maybe it's that. Um, And then the other one was, um, like, I mean, this sort of, again, this is like the living room of the House of Crackpot Theories, but um, my theory on why Billy's house is noisy but Agatha's house is quiet is because Wanda has the whole town of Westview in her head. Mm, And so he hears her but he doesn't hear i but he can't hear agatha
0: see my other my theory about why why billy was like oh it's so quiet here is because agatha has some sort of ward or or spell going where she can operate her own bubble of reality and when he when he mentions, it, he mentions that she's quiet because he's like, I like it here. It's quiet. And then he says, you're quiet on the inside. And you see her do like a double take and then begin giving him a really appraising look. Mm-hmm. And and then she shakes herself out of it and starts talking to Tommy. But yeah. you can tell that she's clocked what Billy has said. And this yeah. is something she's going to investigate. Um, the same way that I think that last week, you know, and you remember last week I said, okay, it's clear that she's faking her, her little end of edge of town thing with vision which yes she was and she was um i think when she's like am i dead because you're dead Uh you're an avenger i think what she was doing was she was probing his memory to see what he could remember about what he knows what does he know and when did he know it well she wants to figure out like what are the limits of wanda's resurrection magic
2: oh okay like
0: this is this is her running a diagnostic on vision to determine what wanda's capable of okay and i think she's unnerved because um tommy and billy are something wanda did and not her Mm -hmm. and so she's trying to figure out again what does this mean for for wanda okay like like, yeah like i just assumed
2: agatha had agatha because she has her own magic was able to sort of keep billy out And so, like, she's making sure that Wanda can't get in her head, and by virtue of that, she's keeping Billy out, too. So I just assumed that was why Agatha was quiet, and Wanda's carrying around the whole of Westview in her head, and so I can see why it might be loud at Billy's house. Um, It was also interesting to see that there was a range, right? Like I was worried that like what he was hearing was everyone in town and he was, but he was only hearing them because of Wanda, not because he could hear everyone in town. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And now my other question uh, came up because Lisa, you were talking earlier about going along with the script or not going along with Mm -hmm. the script and how um, uh, Agatha, you know, with people not playing along or whatever. But if Wanda is not playing along with the script, I thought it was Wanda's script So if it's not, then, then where are we
0: with everybody's? So, so this is actually my, my, this is actually my big unanswered question Mm -hmm. is, is who's scripting this? And, um, the reason that's become more of a question for me now is when you look back at the earliest episodes, um, the emphasis, there There are two emphases, emphasize, um, that come out in the, in those episodes. And one is that Wanda and Vision can't remember anything about why they're in Westview, what they're supposed to be doing, how they met.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All that they know is that they're bananas about each other, right? Yes. And then they also know they have this tremendous drive to fit in, and their powers are seen as, like, amusing little things that they can use privately, but kind of suppress. Mm-hmm. And so those two drives where it's the near complete amnesia and the, um, the, the drive to fit in seem to suggest to me that Wanda was being manipulated pretty strongly early on. Okay. And the other supporting evidence I'll give is Wanda got so super mad at quote-unquote Geraldine, who we know as Monica. Wanda got really mad at Monica the minute Monica, like, so let me me backtrack a bit. You'll notice that Monica brought up people from the outside world after Agatha mentioned that she doesn't belong here. So there is, or there is not a possibility that Agatha managed to plant the words about Pietro and um, Ultron so that Geraldine would say those lines, get Wanda upset and kick the interloper out so that there's less chance of Wanda snapping out of her her, her fantasy bubble, right? And then you'll also notice that when Wanda saw the first drone helicopter, um... Agatha shows up instantly with senior scratchy and distracts her and then she has that really violent reaction to the 1980s drone where she's making threats and is just kind of emotionally incoherent and goes back in and she has that instant Pavlovian reaction to Monica this time and I really feel like like Agnes slash Agatha was laying all that down like Monica like like Wanda wouldn't react this way if it weren't Agatha being like, okay, this is an intruder. This person is coded as danger. Whenever you see them, they're a threat to your life. Okay. And, Wanda, and Wanda reacting that way. So I feel like Agnes has been um, feeding Wanda the idea that she is in charge of this world. Because every time Wanda is asked about it directly, she denies it. Anytime, anytime she's asked about how she's doing it, she can't say. And Although Agnes claims, oh, Wanda won't even let us think about leaving, you'll note that, um, is it Herb was his name? When um, Vision snaps him to, when Vision snaps him to, all he says is she won't let us. And he never says who she is. And I still think she could be Agatha. Okay. I mean, anybody who's got like a giant creepy basement and a grimoire chained up is, is probably <laughs> is probably capable of taking another ace-level magic user and saying, okay, you're my battery, and all I have to do is keep zapping you regularly to make you believe you're in charge or to make you believe this is what's going on while I get what I want. So this
1: idea of a battery is very interesting. Yeah. So okay. what? It, what... What does uh, Agnes uh, want to do with the power? What is her end game here?
0: Yeah, I think we're going to find that out in the next two episodes.
1: And that's all we have is two more episodes.
0: Yeah, they're going to be pretty long from what I understand. So it's no longer the blithe and unsettling sitcoms. It's going to be um, like 40 minute episodes.
1: Yeah, the... The nice. rumor is this this coming week's episode is forty seven minutes, including the credits oh
2: <sighs> finally,
0: well, if it's forty seven including the credits, that means we get a full half important. hour <laughs> yes, exactly <laughs> now i um so here's what we have to solve we have to we have to solve leadership of sword because it's epi- it's evident that Hayward's pushing an agenda that's underhanded, and he's a poor steward of sword, right yes. So we have to solve that. We have to figure out what's going to happen with the Hex um, in a way that doesn't set up Wanda as a genocidal baddie. Yes. And positions her for a Doctor Strange movie, right? Right. We have to resolve the presence of Agatha Harkness on a planet that's already got like a full phalanx of sorcerers who may or may (laughs) not be super interested to know what's going on. Right? That too. Okay. We have to get the Wanda and Vision interpersonal relationship resolved. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, things that would be nice to find out who is Jimmy Woo trying to get in touch with in Westview this is my um, question and then the other thing is are we gonna find out and they don't owe us this but it would be nice to find out how the people of Westview are gonna rebound after a week or two of living through wacky TV this? time periods and, <laughs> and, and, and being forced to puppet their way through lives that they didn't want and didn't ask for mm-hmm like, is is another Benevolent Magician going to come up and go, bink, you've forgotten it all? Like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I think, um, Don, I'm going to go ahead and put this out for you. Um, the question of Dottie, who is still some kind of question. We don't know.
1: We don't know what. There's something going on there. We don't know what it is. Yep. We also don't know who this actor is that Paul Bettany has always wanted to work with. And that hasn't appeared yet, Uh, but he can't say more because he literally said, "I don't want to get fired." Yeah, Uh, in the interview, Uh, I got the impression that that person is male, not female, Mm -hmm. just by the the possible slip of a pronoun there. So, uh. So, who I do you think, think it is? It could be anyone from Benedict Cumberbatch as uh Doctor. Strange, which Bethany has never worked with as near as I could tell mm-hmm. uh to uh Ian McKellen I'm going Ian McKellen, Patrick Stewart.
0: <laughs> the only reason I'm laughing is at this point, like can you just imagine them being like, "Ugh, I'm too old for this, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! What if it's um, what if it's James McAvoy and um? Oh my gosh, who plays Young Magneto? He's always naked in movies. What is his name? Um, <laughs> Michael Fassbender. That's it. Michael Fassbender. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just like the, well, I, I love the idea of Michael Fassbender just showing up and rolling his eyes elaborately, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, whatever, whatever, we'll give you whatever you want."
2: <laughs> well, I was, I was wondering, you know, because he said it's someone he's always wanted to work with. Like to me, that just seemed like, okay, well, who's been at it for a really long time, right? So, who would be, you know, who would that be in the Marvel universe? So, um, you know, like the air quote you know the the longest running character in the mcu OBS, is tony stark which we can't get now and <laughs> so you know who else would that leave and so that's where it you know it, honestly it was uh evan peters showing up multiverse quicksilver showing up that made me go oh my god maybe it's x-men well if it's x-men who does that give you? That gives you Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart. And if you're going if, if to be Paul Bettany and you're going to be starstruck over somebody that shows up on your show, that's who it is. That's my case. That's, that's the pitch I'm making for why it's one of them. And I look forward to being spectacularly wrong about this.
1: Yeah, it can't be uh, Sam is Nick Fury because Bettany has worked with him before. Right. I, be- I Wait a minute. I believe he's worked with him before, Right.
2: Well, they've, they've at least bumped been in been MCU on- movies, like at in the in some of them, right? I mean, yeah, Law of Averages says they've at least bumped into each other at Craft
1: Services.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, Lisa's <laughs> lost
1: it again. Yeah,
0: no, I'm also looking at my half-eaten dinner. All. Oh my gosh, that sounds so good, Craft Services. <laughs> no, at, at this point, um what we've learned is that all of our suspicion all, all of our instincts to be suspicious about agatha were right on um, we have also learned that wanda's subconscious appears to be getting to a point where it's tired of this and is ready to move on to the next step because the nexium commercial seems to suggest that it also seems to suggest that based on the short commercial that wanda has begun to recognize that agnes is ag- like wanda recognized that agnes was a threat subconsciously mm-hmm. um you know, even though she let herself get manipulated into danger. Um, what we also know uh, from the show is that uh, Agnes has said that you can't control kids. Pietro um, or Uncle or whoever he is, quizzes, <laughs> quizzes Wanda on how and when she lets them out without trauma. And she has no answer to that. And we have two kids who seem to both advance the script and break out of adult control fairly frequently. So those guys are obviously going to be important in future episodes so, as well. The, okay, mm-hmm. so
2: here, I have one more question. I take it all back. I have one more question. Um, and this is a weird one, but are are Billy and Tommy real?
1: Well, in the comics, the answer is uh, like Schrodinger's cat. Uh, it's, it's well, I was going to say, it probably depends
2: on the comic.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, and in the initial manifestation, they were basically just manifestations of uh Mephisto they were part of Mephisto's soul oh okay
0: okay and they turned into his arms I saw the creepy comic
1: (laughs) that's actually not Mephisto that's a different uh character but yeah they were uh, manifested (laughs) that way uh so uh but later on you know like Pinocchio they became real boys okay so Mm -hmm. uh and then they kind of retconned it like three or four times. Of course. You know, because Marvel. Because they've uh, been Marvel
2: characters for more than 20 minutes. So, yeah, they have four different backstories.
1: You know, there's the MCU and then there's the Marvel comic universe, which is also, see, yeah. make something of that. And that's been going on since like 1961. So Right. Uh, they got a bit of a backlog uh, that gets yeah. problematic. So they, they,
2: they burned out, they burn it all down and like reboot stuff and retcon stuff. And so, yeah, so that, but that was why I wondered.
1: Peter Parker is still a teenager since, you know, 1961. <laughs> so that too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't, going back to the comics is occasionally helpful, but not so much. Uh, okay. with this show because they they have diverged some things but i think they're getting a lot of the bones so to speak from this show from house of m okay mm-hmm. uh and lisa you read house of m right
0: yes i did i yeah. was even on an incomparable podcast about house of m so oh. i got the bona fides well you got, you got more
1: bona fides <laughs> than i do then so uh
0: it was a wild ride in 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 comics like there were there were a lot of really great stories and spin-offs during the whole house of M um, event that went on although I feel like they did Wanda dirty <laughs> but uh, but yeah um, the and without spoiling ha- a comic book series that is what 15 years old at this point it was very early in the 21st century um, mm-hmm. basically it revolves around um, Wanda suffering an event where she is responsible for the death of her partner. And she goes into a grief that is so deep and so intense that she begins rewriting reality and creating pocket dimensions with alternate worlds that she find alternate realities that she finds more palatable. Professor Xavier steps in to try to, you know, therapize a therapize is not a word. He basically steps in to try to get, you know, Wanda stop messing with reality because you mess with reality. It messes right back. And, um, you know wanda of course like okay fine no more mutants since you mutants are constantly on my on my jock and um boom house of m there are no more mutants because it it, because everybody has been giving her pain in the neck and then you spend time like dealing with that repercussion and it's spun off into other things but it was just it was just a great series for looking at how grief works and how um even when you pull together an alternate world that um has a different set of rules human nature and social nature assert themselves. And um, we haven't really gotten that kind of insight with this particular TV show because one of the through lines has been how unnatural everybody acts in it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what I do love is that we've basically seen that the big bad here is grief and the secondary bad is Agnes, who is taking advantage of the grief. So they're like I an think so, yeah. Team.
1: Oh, yeah. by the way, the, um, uh, the two kids are not... Uh, from Mephisto's soul, they're from Master Pandemonium's soul. I forgot. Ah, and that's okay. the guy whose creepy drawing you've seen. That's Master <laughs> Pan- Pandemonium. Okay. Oh my gosh. All right. Sleep tight, Lisa. So the comics, like, if, if like if you want to ask what the origin of the Scarlet Witch is, sometimes don't open that box on te- interwebs because they're. <laughs> wikipedia is no help and the marvel uh specific wiki you're going to get so confused because it just doesn't make any sense after a while so i think they're using some of this stuff as inspiration and the big thing is lisa you identified it uh as in kelly early on dealing with the grief it's all about the the uh the grief that's what's yeah. defining uh, the Scarlet Witch in the MCU, and that's really what's defining this show.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Well, and Monica as well. At this point, like that, you know, that's sort of how she became whatever we've, de- whatever it is that she's gonna ultimately end up being, whether it's Photon or or something else. So you know, it's it's defining Monica as well. And even though Wanda believes they're on opposite sides, like we know they're on the same side. And so, you know, watching as, as hopefully, you know, wishing here that the two of them would team up, that Wanda would finally see the value in Monica and not see her as an adversary. And hopefully maybe something, maybe something will come out of that now that uh, Monica's poking around in the cellar at Agatha's too. Fingers crossed.
0: <laughs> I love Marvel comics and have read them, like they were my gateway to all of comics, really. But I have to admit that in terms of backstories and and narration, like, there have been so many retcons and reboots and rewrites that Mm -hmm. you can't say there's a canonical version of this character. All you can say is this character has had these adventures can these adventures be translated to the setting that they're in right now? Or is this just me being all smug because I knew Agatha Harkness's name back in the first episode? <laughs> so, a a so, bit of both. Like, I, I,
1: I will yeah. say this for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, Kevin mm-hmm. Fahey has been very, he's been a vicious taskmaster in making the MCU as internally consistent as possible. It hasn't always been, but it's, Compared to, say, the uh, Sony slash Fox or whatever the hell it was, uh, X-Men universe. Oh, my God. Uh, the cinematic universe yeah. there. I mean, they they would retcon something after every movie.
0: Yeah. Like, one of, one of the things that drove me bananas was the way that the Marvel properties on Netflix were mishandled. Because, yes. Um, and I think part of it is also, too, when you have Netflix... S- In there trying to do their Netflix thing on top of Marvel trying to do its thing. This is how you end up with a lot of glurgy filler in what would otherwise be a very tight, very fast show. But it is my hope now that Marvel is fully enveloped in the Disney bubble, and Disney and Marvel have very similar approaches to how they protect their IP and, equally importantly, how they protect the end user experience, which is like a thing I want to talk about in just a sec. my hope is that we're going to actually see more of the post-Endgame um, world and its implications played out in all of the series that we're going to see. Because after this is done, we've got... Um,
2: the Falcon and the Snowman.
0: Yeah. No, I keep wanting to say the, the right name. And I was like, Falcon and Snowman. Don't say Falcon and Snowman. Don't say Fa- Falcon and Snowman. We've got Falcon and Snowman after this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Winter Soldier, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, we all yes know. The
0: Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We've got Falcon and Winter Soldier after this, and that's basically a show about two dudes who deeply loved a guy who elected to live in a parallel timeline until he was in his 90s and now is off presumably wearing a mask in a nursing home so he doesn't get killed with a virus. Yeah. Um, so... I want to see how these two dudes get blipped back into the world and deal with being <laughs> blipped back in and deal with the change in Avenger lineups and everything they basically knew. Yeah. Um, and what is their big bad? Like, what feeling are they going to be dealing with that's big and bad? Is it going to be like the feeling of uselessness? Is it going to be like low-grade depression? Is it going to be anger? But my, If my the trailer's that...
2: any indication, it's each other because yeah. it definitely <laughs> looks like that show should have been called Two Wet Cats in a Sack
0: but like my my hope is is that something like WandaVision has actually been great with giving um Elizabeth Olsen and um oh my gosh I'm blanking on the the incredibly talented woman who plays Monica Rambeau it's given the two lead women mm-hmm. in the in the series like a lot of room to to a lot of room to advance a plot line that is entirely about your feelings and I'd love to see more of that yeah <laughs> yeah and the other thing I wanted to talk about was um what I have found really interesting about WandaVision is how it seems so obviously engineered as a Disney experience, if that makes sense. Has anybody else had that perception of it?
1: Oh, it's, how do you mean? Uh, I, I totally get the meta that you're going for there. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So Kelly, what I mean is,
1: um, it's a ride.
0: If- Yeah, every episode (laughs) is a ride unto itself where you're like, there's the build up and then there's the expected, you know, oh, and here's the first turn. Here's the second turn. Here's the satisfying. Here's the thing that leaves you wanting more. Each episode is its own pleasurable experience. And having the episodes drop one at a time, week by week, is also part of the experience unto itself. Yes. But when you you go back and you start binging on them, you start noticing all those details. And all of a sudden, you're like the lunatics who take their cameras on, like, Pirates of the Caribbean and are like, if you go three the fifth time, you'll notice that the pirate in the striped shirt is clearly talking to the cat. This suggests that he came from Egypt, blah, blah, blah. Like, it rewards that level of obsession (laughs) and detail to it, too.
2: I have that level of obsession about Pirates of the Caribbean specifically, so oh no, I'm oh, my glad.
1: God. <laughs> oh no, no, no!
2: I, I way, Cal- absolutely I, I get you, it
1: because I grew up in Southern California. You never want to be trapped at one of the Disney lunch places and have one of these people uh, pigeonhole you and talk to you about their, you know, last no, i I know to, time through the ride.
2: I know to keep it to myself. It's okay. Yeah, I, I understand that. Yes. Uh, yeah, like really, all this is missing to be the full Disney experience is that there's no gift shop at the end.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't know. You can go on to uh, get on to Red Bubble or any place. Well, sure so far, already. shop Disney Agatha all along. Yeah, so
2: far shop Disney isn't selling me like T-shirts with you know the title card from each of the episodes. So uh, when we get there,
0: yeah, I want one that reads for the children. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, it, it struck me that since this is on Disney streaming service, um, Marvel is historically super control freaky about like the look and the, the like the look, the feel of its fight scenes. Mm-hmm. There's very definitely a Marvel style for how you shoot things. There's very definitely a Marvel style for the story arc. Um, and you can bring in directors to add their own little flourishes or their own takes or their own stories to it. But um I would argue that when you look at a fight scene out of Guardians of the Galaxy, it's not that different from a fight scene in Captain Marvel and not that different from a fight scene in the Avengers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, You you, marry that.
1: Did you know there's a good reason for that? Because uh, the movies, especially the Marvel movies, are basically all prototyped or uh, 3D storyboarded years in advance by a team that's not necessarily the director for the particular feature
0: this does not surprise me at yeah. all um and the thing is i think one of the good things about there being a marvel house style is it gives the viewers a chance to internalize the the narrative that the studio is spinning out over all its films right mm-hmm. um Obviously, they're going to bring that to Disney Plus, and Disney and Disney is obsessed with customer experience, like on every facet of every product they offer. They, they wanna lock They want to lock down the experience. And so I I think the TV shows are going to... I, I think WandaVision was... There was probably a lot riding on it internally to see if it worked and landed with the audience.
2: I can see and, that, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'd be curious to find out what people say about it internally. If they're like, yeah, this is exactly what we wanted. Or if they're like, well, we're going to tweak some stuff because we, we needed this kind of reaction we need this kind of social media buzz Mm -hmm. we need these kind of numbers to sustain week over week um well i think the problem
1: they're going to have now is it it is so exceeded expectations Mm -hmm. it's going to make it a lot harder for the four other mc uh, mcu shows that are going to be on disney plus this year
2: oh maybe yeah bar's kind of high now
0: yeah although you know we said we said similar things about different movies in the MCU up and down up and down and it's it's been okay I think these guys take a little bit of a long view too yeah here's hoping but anyway yeah but yeah it's, it's yeah we'll see in any event um we've uh chattered about this almost as long as the end credits of WandaVision so <laughs> so, so let's see what do we want to see in the next two weeks what is one plot development you desperately want to see Kelly
2: one um I want to know who's actually pulling the strings behind all of this because I know Agatha is involved in some way, but I'm not quite sure how. And uh, I, I'm with Don on I think Dottie is involved in some way and I'm not sure how. And sorting those out, I think, is, is the thing I want to know because, like, if Wanda's not really in control but we're still in town and everything's still happening, then what's the actual deal? with all of this so that's what that's what i want to know
0: because i'm still holding out
2: that hydra is 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 part of this and we just don't know it yet
0: (laughs) don what is one thing that you want to see in the next two episodes
1: uh to riff on what kelly said is i want to know who the real big bad is because Mm. we got sort of hayward uh revealed there at the uh episode three and four boundary we've got Agatha Harkness now revealed uh, at the uh, 6-7 boundary, who is it really? Because I, they're, they're screwing with us. <laughs> so I want to know who the real big bad is. Yeah. Right.
0: I want to find out what the deal with the mailman is. I've, I've become obsessed with that. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to know who Jimmy's of-
2: witness is. Like, th- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point that out every episode. I still don't know who that is. Yeah. And it does <sighs> bother me. Is it Ralph?
0: <laughs> I like the idea that this scroll just pops out of Agnes's basement, Hey everybody, I'm Ralph and we're like, Oh so many birds fed with one seed. That
2: would that would be it. That would be fantastic.
0: We can, then we'd know. It'd be great. Well, let's wrap it up Um, since we have another few days until the next WandaVision episode where (laughs) we will begin the, um, we'll go on another ride and then we'll begin the uh, rewatching and the speculation all over again. I'm sure I'm not the only one who goes back and reviews old episodes after each new one. All, what did I miss? What was supported? Because uh, I'm determined to see how how well this is all fitting together. In any event, (laughs) until then, rewatch your WandaVision. I have been Lisa Schmeiser, and with me, as always, are Kelly Gamott.
2: So lovely to be here with you, as always. Be sure to drink your Ovaltine.
0: Drink your Ovaltine. (laughs) And Don Melton.
1: Be sure to drink. I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) All
0: right, that's actionable advice we can only use. Have a good night, everybody. It's been Agatha all along.
1: And I killed Sparky, too.